Welcome to Exceedingly Persuasive. I'm Brooke Rogers. I am a writer and politics geek. And I'm Mackenzie Brennan. I am a cat mom and a court attorney for the New York Supreme Court. And also I consider myself a politics geek in a sense. Yeah, one of the things we have in common. <laughs> yeah. Um, today we are recording on the anniversary of the a ratification of, of the 19th Amendment, which allowed women to vote. The hundredth anniversary. Hundredth anniversary. That's exciting. It's kind of late if you think about it. Seems like it should have happened sooner. Yeah, and that didn't even sweep up all women. So I'm actually from the state, fine. the first state that allowed women to vote. Wyoming. That is true. It's Who was the that state, yeah. woman? Wasn't there like I the first she was senator a was farmer? I don't know anything. Uh, <laughs> I damn. should know. No, more she's about definitely her. a name that we should know, and yeah. I believe she's referenced in Parks and Rec, which is kind of tragic that that's my. <laughs> main reference like, point I for her. That in Parks and Rec, <laughs> she was referenced. So we got a lot of anniversaries this week and within the last like 72 hours. So we have 19th Amendment, which is a positive. We got D-Day, which is, you know, mostly a positive in I terms think, of historical impact. I think the actual impact. day was a, a bit of a bummer. I think the, the day was a bummer. The effects but that But everything after that day, pretty sick. Was good. Yeah. And then we got uh, Tiananmen Square, which I would put definitely Strong in the negative. bummer camp. Yeah. Holy. Yeah. One thing I found out this week that I didn't realize before is, like, most of the deaths happened around Tiananmen Square. So they, a lot of times I'll just say, like, massacres in Beijing at the time. Right. Because conspiracy theorists will actually say there was no Tiananmen Square massacre oh because it didn't happen inside of Tiananmen Square. So, like, semantics-based. Yeah. Yeah. All really. Right. Sure. Cut the line there. <laughs> I used to work as a tutor at the writing center in my school, and we would work with a lot of exchange students. And we had a poster in our office of that, you know, iconic picture mm-hmm. of somebody who's dressed like essentially in business clothes standing in front of a tank. And you couldn't write it in a movie and believe that it happened. A kid that I was tutoring pointed and was like, What is that? I was like, Oh, it's Tiananmen Square. And he was from China. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's Tiananmen Square. Are you... you, Yeah, they don't know that. You know what I'm talking about? He's like, no? (laughs) Yeah, there was actually a journalist, and she had gone over there. Um, She had the photo, photo, and she was walking around Tiananmen Square, showing it to younger people and asking if they knew what it was. And she was talking to this girl, and as she was talking, two police officers ran over to her and shoved a camera in the girl's face, and the girl starts freaking out because they have the, um, like, social point system. And if you violate that system, you're publicly shamed with your name and your address. It's, it's, like, broadcast. It's so (laughs) black mirror. The police are, like, shoving it in her face, and then the journalist is like, and then we were held in a cell for six hours. The amount of Revising history is amazing just to make them... Revising is kind. (laughs) It's a kind (laughs) word. Whitewashing it. But if you allow people to have that memory... But that, the crazy thing is that it didn't even happen that long ago. No, it's 89, you're younger, right? you're not going to remember. Yeah, um. so that's a data mark. In any event, getting back to D-Day, we had our illustrious president In make the, the journey across the pond with his yeah. adult children who are not members <laughs> of the government. Do you know the meme, large adult son? Eric and Donald Trump Jr. 
Because they're the coddled as if they're babies. And all the photos. So a lot of pats on the head. There's a lot of money going into their pockets. And all the photos are just like smiling and standing together. And like they're like almost the same size. Oh, God, they're just, they're, it's chinless oh, it's so oaks. Funny. And they're like heavily stranding vests. I don't know why he cuts his clothes the way he does. The vest was very short. His coattails were far too long. There was a theory that I saw online that he basically just buys off the rack suits that are wider around his waist, but then he doesn't get them tailored to fit his arms. I think he wants to look skinny. But why wouldn't you go to a tailor? If he doesn't like the process, maybe he doesn't like sitting still. I don't know. He I, doesn't I, like his junk cupped. You have to get your pants, just get your suit. Like get your Just don't do the inseam, let that part. <laughs> just like, like fix your sleeves. But it, apparently in Art of the Deal somewhere, he said that he only buys off the rack clothes. Oh, that's very nice. It's not Another even theory was that, even a... you know, he pissed off the gay community, so happy pride. So that's, that's what his, happens. That's you look suits. really bad. Yeah. No one tells him. That's yeah, the idea. Right. No one will alert him to his long And he gets sleeves. shit ugly clothing because nobody who's worth their salt in the fashion industry will play with him. Honestly, Melania looks great. She's hot. I mean, that's her job. That has always been her job. I feel that Melania gets this horrible rap and it's like, she married up. She speaks five languages. I don't think she wanted to be first lady. I don't think she gives a shit about people either, though. I mean, for somebody who benefited from the immigration system, allowing what Trump calls family migration. Her and Ivanka are credited for convincing Trump to sign the executive order, which did not effectively stop child separations, but that they're credited for doing that. Speaking of which, kids were left in a van for 40 hours of trying to get reunited with their parents. Yeah, but we'll get to immigration shit later. Die, like two weeks ago too. I, I think there are like happens. seven kids who have yeah. died now, it's and it's only terrible. June. So Trump was in the UK. He went in guns blazing. Calling the mayor. I mean, the funny thing is like, I think that Mayor mm. Khan knows that if he talks shit about Trump, it will like... It's hot. Yeah. It's a I good mean, thing to do. I don't really like i don't have any affinity for london mayor Khan. i think he does this every time because he knows that it's going to get him attention and then trump takes the bait and it's like why are you well, talking shit about the london mayor why do you care you know you're going to get eviscerated and have the baby balloons flown again i don't know that i'm anti that strategy especially when it's overseas and not in our election that's the biggest thing i fear about fighting fire with fire but i do enjoy the watching is, the pot get stirred I before he goes over hear there what con said i, I only heard what he responded right with, which so. makes me care less yeah there were some nice ceremonies at least in spite of trump who if you listen to his speech at the d-day thing he was trying to channel reagan at times trying to mimic a Kennedy accent, if my ears don't deceive me. Like, listen <laughs> to it. It's like if... Yeah, I got snippets of it. Elementary level speechwriters worked for Reagan and Kennedy. And that's with knowledge that Reagan was decaying in the brain at the end. What's so funny to me about Trump's speech, it, it just seems like a episode of Veep. Every day I know. in the life of a person living in... 2019 feels like an episode of Veep. And it's that, like if Jonah's body whole... grew, but not his mind. And so he, he just like he delivered the speech, and I thought it, I only got snippets. It seemed the fine. content like, was he fine. He didn't, you know, he didn't go off the cuff. He didn't make he any got, huge gaffes. Yeah, he did there use the male pronoun really cute, a lot. Like 90 year old veterans in the back with like headphones on. Yeah, I love just you guys. Adorable. You're great. Who just like 94 year old and, and then, like the 97 year old. Who jumped out of the plane? Did you see that? Yes. And he had his arms crossed what the whole time. He's like, yeah, I'm he's just like, saying. this is just the it's the ultimate power move when you're 97 and you're like, yeah, guess what? I'll do it again. I'm gonna just float it before. down. If you think about how young these people had to have been when they we're getting into where they had to be teens. I know a lot of people were talking about like the next anniversary will probably not have 
The next big one, yeah. For yeah, sure. right, right. A hundred, yeah. <laughs> anyway. And with that, let's switch gears to tariffs. <laughs> Ooh, tariffs. Okay, so tariffs in general. This is a policy that the right... I just thought that we had all agreed that <laughs> tariffs were a bad idea. We had some consensus. I thought that we all yeah. just talked about this in a back room somewhere and been like, guys, tariffs don't do what they're supposed to do. And I follow... I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. Uh, Scott Lincoln. He is a writer for National Review. And he is an economist. And one thing he always says is tariffs, like, it's like tariffs don't accomplish their end goal and they foster political dysfunction along the way. Like, that is, right. like, and, like, that is, like, his mantra that he says over and over and over again. And I think the fact that we had five GOP, was it five or six? Six. They six. said half dozen it, that were at the meeting. And I feel like that I think they're representing is underrepresented. Yeah. So, yeah. The, so, sorry, to go back, um, Trump is threatening to impose a 5% tariff on imports from Mexico into as the U.S. As soon as Saturday? Yeah. It's gonna... Was the first proposed hike, and this was without And the... it's going to increase over time. Yeah, yeah, that was the first hike, and this was without the consent of his advisors, this is without any notice, and certainly would have been against advisement of either house. But that's as... kind of how, yeah, that's how he operates, especially in these things, I think. But so, to, yeah. to, you know, to follow up the tariffs on China with tariffs on Mexico, and basically saying that unless they they stop migrants from crossing Mexico into the U.S. They're going to keep hiking them up, which is a problem that no... Can I just say what you just did? Go yeah, for okay. It. Um, Mackenzie just whipped her bra out of her dress, which was impressive this because a, your sleeves... This is a small neckline. Yeah, small neckline, and your sleeves are long, and you, I didn't even see it until it was coming out. That is yeah. impressive. Yeah, my mom I told me that. I'm proud of you. Um, so, <laughs> just being open and honest. So, the... Tariffs. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) this is a problem that, like, no country, especially, like, Mexico can try to implement policies to prevent people from crossing. They can never, they can maybe slow down. They're middle ground in a lot of ways, especially now that a lot of the people coming through that border are from other Central American countries. I don't know percentage-wise, and certainly there are people coming from Mexico, too, but... If you're crossing through Mexico, like what the hell Guatemala, kind of control do they have? El Salvador. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in these countries are, they're fleeing. It's asylum because, seekers. Yeah, yeah. They're fleeing because their countries are being torn apart by violence. And and people who probably have valid asylum claims that just yeah. won't be processed the, the for years. The problem is that this administration, and I think some people on the right in general, just do not think that asylum is a valid reason, to, is a valid way to immigrate. I think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it is a bottom line immigrate. is that legally it is. Yeah, legal, like, like the Geneva Conventions exist. They don't yeah. acknowledge it as they're like, unless you come through And what a heartless position, system. even without the legal bent. To just say that like women and families and children Yeah, and that's the majority of, of migrants now. But it's when you dehumanize it's, an entire group of people and you make them all out to be ms-13 gangsters right and you say like these people are going to come in and take our jobs and when you when that propaganda is repeated over and over and over again sympathy really isn't it's not a priority yeah Yeah. also to have that in the same news cycle as celebrating the victory at d-day or the victory that was kicked off by Mm d-day do you not see the parallels there have been trump speeches that really channel triumph of the will calling them animals and paralleling them to rats. It, yeah. 
I don't know how you can pretend to celebrate the victory over the Nazis and when you're using at the same language, time be damning yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, this is probably a good time. Yeah, to, uh, you want to uh, do yeah. the. So, how many people were arrested for this? I think. So it was just... I know it's been a couple sporadic arrests in different places. There was somebody who in Texas was arrested for giving shelter to migrants in her car, and most recently we had a guy in my home state of Arizona, Scott Warren. He wrote a an opinion piece for the yeah. Washington Post where he talked arrested. about. Um, <laughs> His arrest, he was charged with human human smuggling right. for working at, for volunteering for a place called The Barn. He says it's a gathering place for humanitarian volunteers, and they give he was migrants for medical water. attention. They give them water. Yeah. They give them clean food and beds, and he was charged with um, human smuggling. It's a real stretch of well, that definition. It's incentivizing helping people at all. Yeah, you know, incentivizing to the point of putting you on the line for basic human decency, decency yeah. and providing necessities. I mean, people yeah, wherever die you out fall there. They... On like, even if you are, you know, a staunch immigration hawk, the idea of arresting American citizens for helping people who yeah. otherwise could die in the Arizona desert. And this is a group that regularly cleans up bones and looks for bodies. Yeah. This is how dangerous it is. And so I'm sure they're not upset about that. I'm sure the authorities are not penalizing them for searching for bodies and cleaning up the mess that this situation has created. Mm-hmm. And getting back to what you're saying about people who are immigration... Uh, yeah, I don't even necessarily want to call them that because I think a lot of people are misled about what is going to be effective and yeah. also what the left is proposing because, I mean, even this whole concept of the wall, it didn't work in China with the Mongol hordes. It Like, it has not worked in centuries, and it's not going to work here. And, and also, I mean, there's there's a way you can talk about this where you acknowledge the different ways people enter. I think that we fall victim to this rhetoric of they're the other and they're coming in and in care of it. I mean, literally, that has been yeah. a headline. And well, it's all a topic, immigration I think. is down. Like yeah. it's it's in a decades long low. And now, like we were saying before, the primary demographic that's coming in, it is not single adult males. It's mm-hmm. families, it's women, and it's children. And that's, you know, how we get this family separation thing. But it seems like facilities. if you really wanted to deal with a problem and create fewer cases of undocumented people, mm-hmm. the best way to do that would be to set up a process for them to legitimately claim yeah, asylum. process and the claims, have holding facilities that are not literally killing people. Yeah. Add funds to getting people processed. And get more immigration judges. I've heard that a lot of the immigration judges who are serving right now have no training. They are either like repurposed law enforcement folks or they're pulled from other sectors. So they don't know what they're processing. And while they're doing that, have an insane caseload. Yeah. And they're working with people who have been here for years in most cases, just waiting to be heard. There's no requirement for people who are non-citizens to have representation. There's an article a couple years ago about like a three-year-old who had to represent herself. Yeah. And it seems like there's multiple (laughs) cases of that. To talk about that and not see that there's a problem and not see that if you really want a functioning immigration system, and some people just genuinely don't, they just want to shut down legal, any legal immigration. They're racist. They don't want people who are different than them. But if you do want to talk about avoiding this problem, wouldn't contributing to a functioning immigration system 
be the solution. And the thing is, like, I understand, like, when people talk about, like, their concerns, you do have to vet people. You yeah. do have to set up, like, systems Absolutely. where people are coming in legally. I just think that to pretend, like, your goal is to... Oh well, you, you know, well we're just pro legal immigration. When you're actually that's, that's not, not feasible. Really your goal. Yeah, your goal is to reduce immigration as you know, for, like as a whole. I just think it's dishonest, and I think like if you, if you want to talk about illegal immigration as you know, people call it like a crisis, and there's all this fear mongering, and when you talk about like and that's a buzzword even, too to call it a crisis. I mean, I get it. There's a capacity, and I the Bernie irony Sanders is just talking the, about people. The fact yeah, that capacity. Right. Like, people capacity. agree with the fact that we cannot have more people than can be supported in X community. But we're not there. <laughs> we're not there. And a lot of people think that undocumented immigrants don't pay taxes, which is actually untrue. A lot of them right. do. They have a specific form, but their wages go toward taxes. So And property tax and sales tax. Exactly. Like all and they contribute to our economy. In. So even if you refuse to see it from a humanitarian point of view, there's all of these, like, I was talking to a woman, and she was like, well, you know, they come in, and then, you know, there's all this, like, they, the, yeah. the royal they. Right. They come in, and then they use our resources, and we, they get on welfare, and it's like, they don't. They usually they come in and get jobs. They apply for that. Exactly. Yeah. And then they pay taxes, even though they can't benefit from the social services and they get, that they're paying into. And they get they paid less get than the minimum wage, which makes our produce prices and service prices, everything will go up. And I mean, it, it circles back to tariffs because we will pay more for everything if we're not importing from, honestly, Mexico or China. And, you know, I have my issues with China's human rights. But that's not but the reason why Trump is it, increasing. Yeah, the, right. The, the bottom line is is that he doesn't care about that. But we are going to be the ones who pay the price. Nobody else yeah. really foots the bill. Yeah, it's U.S. consumers that pay the price. You're going to have to pay like $10 for an orange. Welcome to the age of very high price yeah, oranges. Yeah, are we happy? I don't know. Well, and from a, from a standpoint of even the right has been has supposedly been pro-free trade for so long, and there are certain GOP senators who are speaking out about this. John Corman was one of them. But it's when they talk about this and they say, like, we're, we're, well, we're going to stand up and be against this, like, I don't believe it until I actually see them and ta- taking action against this. I don't know. This. And it's tariffs, funny to me that this is where they draw the line. That the Parkland guy? Yes. Yeah? You want to? Okay. Can I just tie a bring bow it on tariffs? Okay. Yeah. Tariffs do not accomplish their goal. They are essentially a tax on consumers. And I was reading that if the 5% ta- tariff is put in place, which it looks like it will be, it's going to equate to, I think it was a $17 million tax increase on Americans. Huh. So That's a for great way to put it. So for administration, that has been, and I'll double check that. We'll do a little corrections thing later if I get that wrong, but I'm pretty well, sure. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the theory is correct. For administration that floated for so long on tax cuts to... For a certain subset of people in <laughs> practice, yeah. Steve Mnuchin came out and said, tariffs are not a tax tariffs are a tariff on goods like and if you look oh, up the definition you. of tariff it's literally <laughs> tariffs are a down. tax imposed on goods i mean let's the define language is so what dishonest it is. Yes. so for a lot of people who have missed this including trump and honestly i didn't fully understand until it became an issue that was gonna make everybody's price of living yeah skyrocket. we haven't really talked about tariffs in a yeah long time right America. since like the turn of the century i would say significantly yeah. the last century um So essentially, because it limits things that are coming in from these countries that we want to punish, sure, they get secondarily penalized. But the biggest thing that happens is that we are no longer, as consumers, getting the things that we depend on 
from those countries. Or you're paying a lot more for it. Or if you are, you're paying a lot more if they're still willing to Even to export it, yeah. and then reciprocally import. So there's the massive hike on things that are coming in, and then there's the additional hike on American producers who do the same thing because yeah. they are few and far between, invariably, and you know, it's good old supply and demand. If you yeah. have the supply and there's a massive new demand, you can afford to hike your prices, and yeah. it's going to happen. And this is so going to affect it. It doesn't penalize Mexico. It, items that you use, sure, all the time. They said the price of cars, for example, that had plants in Mexico, and these are good old American-made cars that we like to think of as American companies. Yeah. They have plants in Mexico, and they said that at a minimum, it'll boost prices of one car like by a thousand dollars if not tenfold yeah so neat and it just take that in mexico from a party that pretends to be the anti-regulation like anti-interference in the economy party yeah right it's just i mean that's just it's, like they're the party that doesn't want government oversight and yet they want to be in my vagina the republican so, party is becoming a protectionist populist party well, yeah, pretending that they are the anti-big government, pro-person responsibility party. It's just, it's dishonest. It's dishonest. And I think that it's, it is changing the entire face of the party, which I think that a lot of Republicans aren't going to like in two or three yeah. years when they actually see the ramifications of it. We'll see. I don't know. As a cynic and a Democrat. <laughs> As I... a cynic and a Democrat. Cynic and a Democrat. Realist, a realist and a Democrat. <laughs> I would say it's showing true colors that have been there for a while. Um, and it's bringing things to a head, which, you know, as we've learned from Zitz, can be a good thing. It can bring things to the surface and maybe clear shit out. Like, maybe the Republican Party will come back from this and be less hateful towards every group that is not straight white males who are wealthy. But it can also just devolve and so I worry that like a schism is coming or honestly I thought a schism was coming when the Tea Party came to prominence and then it just turned out that they took over the ideology of the party so but that's so funny because like that's a tax enough already party and then you look I at know. an exploding deficit and tariffs that increase essentially increase taxes on the message is really items. focused on like social issues and anti-freedom have you seen the episode of 30 rock where i think her, i think her boyfriend's name is ex-boyfriend's name is dennis but she's talking uh, yes and <laughs> where he's like i'm social conservative fiscal liberal. that's what mm. always reminds the me of the worst kind of person <laughs> i can possibly imagine fiscal liberal. right it's a human nightmare <laughs> um speaking of human nightmares let's talk about scott peterson Number oh, two, not not the even Scott the most Peterson prominent Scott Peterson in our who killed recent his pregnant memory. wife Lacey. May she rest in peace. But the Scott Peterson who morally kind of close to that Broward coward, which is yeah. hard to say. Broward coward Scott Peterson, the Scott sheriff's with one deputy. T, so don't get that wrong, because his mom T. definitely picked that on purpose. Well, they're like the same age, so this it was kismet. This man, beautiful. Was born around the same time as other Scott. I think this is a cursed name. We should look into their like actual birth dates because I would not be surprised and find with all out this if, there were, if, they if they were synced born up at similar times. But between the two, yeah, we'll put Scott with one T slightly on the moral uh, scale I'm say above because it was definitely on purpose. He killed right. Lacey on purpose, I mean, whereas Scott Peterson with one T was just more of like a moral sure. failing. And this is strictly in a moral sense because. Legally, I have a very different position on Scott with one T, single T, 
present and apparently like hid under a stairwell during the school shooting in Parkland a little over a year ago. He was recently arrested and charged with criminal negligence for letting these students and teachers die because he didn't go into the building, which is reprehensible. I mean, which also, if you if you think about one of the big solutions that I think is completely mis misguided is armed teachers, teachers and armed right. guards at schools. If they're not trained well, or if this is the kind of person you put in front of a school. Well, and this is the if, trained one. This yeah. is the person who is vetted and hired for that purpose. So imagine how much worse it gets from there. But he was charged criminally for not intervening and not going into the school, not preventing people from dying. You know, what Brooke said is just one reason why that's a really shitty precedent, which is imagine if a teacher, for example, is required to do that sort of thing. You know, they're required to learn how to shoot, face down potentially one of their students. Yeah. And by the way, both uh, Scott Petersons are actually exactly 10 years apart. Oh, oh really? Which Wait, like older? exactly to the day? Yeah, the no, not to the day. Oh, but that would be amazing. <laughs> Which one's older? Which one was born first? I would say one this one. Older. Yeah, okay. One he looks older, that more sense. haggard. Fifty-six, forty-six. He's thicker. Amazing. Okay. But again, there's no way that they could have like called each other and been like, "We're gonna name Mars after this," know. and then they're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. What if underneath all of this Double there is like a, a witch's coven of? of women who all named their son Scott Peterson and they are That's a disservice to witches because they wouldn't the- raise these pieces of shit. You don't know. I don't you right. know the witch's right. life. But I don't picture them raising a stare lurking coward and a pregnant wife murderer. <laughs> I don't know. That's not my general depiction of we're witches. Just, we're gonna we're gonna come out as pro witch on this podcast. I'm pro witch, and I'm anti Scott Peterson in any spelling. All Scott Petersons. So I think that <laughs> I, Scott I, I Peterson that um he the if the, if he is found guilty on all charges, it's like 94 years. Yo, it's prison. it's a lot, especially if it's um consecutive. So like if they yeah. were, but you know the it says bo- six of the child neglect charges he faces are second degree felonies. Child the conviction neglect. on any of them is punishable by up to fifteen years in prison. So if he is, if he is found guilty, right. he's going to prison for a long time. And essentially, like it's this potential sentence for each person who died, which yeah. you know unless, again, like unless it's consecutive, for better or worse, that's not his fault that this asshole had the means and opportunity to kill so many people but the difficulty there are a lot of issues with charging this person criminally for not acting first of all there's this concept in both civil and criminal law that you don't have an affirmative duty to act so if you see somebody choking on the street for example you don't have to step in and that sounds harsh and there are certainly, there are laws that protect you if you do choose to do that, but it kind of makes sense because what if you, for example, pass somebody on the street who is like homeless and sleeping or somebody who is having a psychotic episode mm-hmm. at, on the train and you don't do something, it would not be reasonable to say that that person is civilly liable, like they could get sued, let alone criminally liable that they could go to prison. But at the same time, doesn't he have a higher moral burden because of his Well, you're right. So he assumed this extra duty by being hired as a security guard. Yeah. (laughs) Not even a full police officer, but it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So there was, like, no oath taking or anything. He just kind of showed up. I actually don't know, but the irony is that 
he's a school security officer and initially you would probably assume that that would be an easier job than police mm-hmm. officer because before a couple years ago yeah, it's kind of random that yeah, these things like, happen it's almost like a like a mall cop yeah exactly like it's like a school, Paul now position yeah schools are the fucking front targets. lines yeah so so you're right that when you do so assume have- an actual duty of care there is a heightened standard there because you are kind of assuming this protective role but at the same time there there's a, a case about protective orders and it's mm. a civil case so we're talking about a lower standard of proof which means it is essentially easier to to make Find somebody middle, pay yeah, yeah. Um, and this was a case where a woman had, I think... Could you just uh, could you name the case? Oh, yeah, yeah. A town of Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. And this was a case where a woman had an abusive husband and, I think, three kids and had a protective order against him. He'd been violent. He had a gun. And she knew that he was going to try to kill her and the kids mm-hmm. in the near future and would continue to try to do that. He kept violating the protective order. She kept calling the cops and saying, please send somebody over because he is going to kill us. And so the day before her kids died, he showed up at the house. He had a gun. She called the cops again and she tells them he took the kids. He has a gun and he put them in the car and he took them away. And they're like, oh, can you just like give us a call? If you hear from him, it's probably just a domestic dispute. Um, And... Within the next few hours, he showed up at the police station and killed the kids in the car and killed himself. What's so disheartening is, like, this is not even an uncommon story. I oh, hear no, about that... this all the time. I just read a story about a woman who was in the Army, and one of her um, subordinates, kept, hmm. she was she was working, I think, in... Um, in the in pediatric care for the army oh, and wow. one of like her the most noble thing you can possibly picture <laughs> exactly and she kept complaining because she she told him dozens and dozens of times he is hostile he has physically um been i've scared he's physically scared me before mm-hmm. i know he's gonna do something like he had a bunch of a bunch of the patients that he worked with um said that he was hostile and and had um, filed complaints against him. She had filed complaints with her um, bosses and said, like, you have to do something about this. I don't know. I just know he's going to do something. And then the day before this incident, she told them, like, please don't leave me as a sitting duck. I know he's going to do something. The next day, he walks into her office, pours gasoline on her, and lights her on fire. Nice. Okay. And she survived, but her family is suing um, the Army for failing to take action on what was clearly a disturbed person right. who was dangerous and it is like so similar to that yeah and i mean those are the ones that come to national attention yeah, those are just so the ones yeah. where somebody survives and wants to take action against it i don't know how the the ucmj the the military code mm-hmm. works with things like that but i'm gonna assume that it's probably less protective towards yeah. victims especially because there's this concept of you know cohesion within the military that is there for a reason but and you know. they, they have a they actually have a, a rule that prevents people from yes. suing the army based off of like workplace like, like injuries which makes sense because you're thing. in the army right yeah but i feel like there should be we should just have we should have 
there should be exceptions for cases like this. Yeah. But I don't know how you write, how you, like, codify that. Well, you know I mean? so for this, for Castle Rock, um, I'm thinking that the mom survived because I believe she was the one who sued. Like, it, it makes sense that she was the one withstanding to sue and mm-hmm. said, like, hey, I'm the one who had this protective order. Yeah. I needed it enforced. Yeah. And I told you to enforce it today. And essentially what the court said was, well, it's a real bummer that everybody died and that you told us about it, but we want police to have discretion with how they allocate their resources and money and time, and if we get involved in that, it'll just be a mess. So, no. You're SOL. Honestly. So now we're talking about a criminal charge against somebody who had a similar responsibility, probably a lower responsibility, and did something less affirmatively in the face of someone asking them to do something. Yeah. And not to excuse... It was much more passive. It was just him hiding. Yeah. Which, again, not ideal. And yes, No, and I don't want to defend him, but legally it's really dangerous. And then you think about, especially in a state like Florida, a lot of these stand-your-ground states, uh, we've seen so many cases of police getting violent when there is less than adequate cause. And if you tell police officers and people in those positions that when in doubt... Go ahead and and be violent. Go ahead and kill. Get involved and fight, you know, whoever you think is responsible because Mm -hmm. otherwise you're going to prison for decades. Yeah. They are going to shoot to kill a lot sooner and a lot more frequently. And we already have this problem and it seems like, boy, we could face this problem head on with tackling gun access. And let's just increase the violence quotient. Something that um, is so stood out to me is the fact that like we are p- potentially putting this man in prison for ninety four years, and again, he is not. I'm not defending grief, what he did, yeah. but there are so many cases where cops will shoot someone down in the street and then won't have any. They don't even charges. pay a fine. They, they, they don't even lose their job not, half the time. No, they might, they might yeah. get put on like paid, you know, leave, and then they go to they get in front of a jury and no jury will convict them. So it is going to be interesting to see how this yeah, plays out. Yeah, particularly in the legal system, which tends to be law enforcement friendly. And yeah. so this is a very interesting week of juxtaposition between that and having Scott with one T being held Scott criminally responsible yeah. for not intervening in a violent way when he's frankly not even a police officer. Um, yeah. Which like and just like put shouldn't have been to roll back to guns real quick. I grew up in a, I grew up in Wyoming. Um, my family always had guns. Um, we kept them in a safe, and we Good. all were before my any. I remember my family went hunting. They were trained in hunter safety, and we were taught to respect guns. Wouldn't and that be great if that was yeah, the norm? I think that, but you it's can. not. And like, yeah, there, I think like limiting access to certain kinds of weapons. I think that that we haven't even begun to like really consider that there are certain right. restrictions on certain weapons but i think that we can probably you know, broaden that a bit background checks storage things like that yeah. would be effective and they wouldn't infringe on people like your family and i think that there is like when you look at new york city there just needs to be different laws for new york city than wyoming and they're right. the, absolutely metropolitan versus exactly everything is suburban so big and hunting. so spread out that your life in Wyoming is going to be diff- completely different than your life in New York City. So I, I think that and like that's fine. State that's laws, something that we can be flexible with. Yeah, but... because, because of state laws. So I think like it's not that it's not even that I'm anti gun ownership. I just am pro responsible gun ownership and pro screening. And people. honestly, that's what gun control is about. But yeah, in okay, summary, so yes, have... let's just say okay, we got 
on the one hand, we're holding somebody responsible for not getting involved, for essentially an omission to protect life. Mm -hmm. And then, on the other hand, we've got these people at the border who are... Being arrested for... Getting arrested for giving water to people. And so it really shows the arbitrary application of these kinds of laws. Just watch the... Just compare the two cases. So I want want to end on a happy note, or at least... And our happy note is that Bill de Blasio's gonna lose. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, he's not even like registering. I, like Ben was showing me his approval ratings, and he's like, no. it was like forty five percent disapproval, and then like forty. That's for the people who know who he 48% is, which is us. Haven't in New York heard City. enough to judge. To exactly. Date. If you ask someone in like Indiana, they're gonna be like, who's who? and certainly middle of the road people, not gonna be pro New York asshole. I mean, yeah. The only thing he has going for him is his affiliation here. But the one person and that he really is winning City over don't is Gloria like Steinem. Yeah, so Which really just I, breaks my heart because I love her and I have no reason to pick any bone with her and she must be friends with him or something because she said he is the, the only, only man consider, yeah. she will vote for for president. But she didn't really give a reason. She just no. said that she would vote for de Blasio and I just can't imagine, like, what did he do to win Gloria Steinem over? I think they probably are friends. And so... They've pal- they just pal around a lot. They I, up, get, they I mean, she's definitely not taking the bar. subway. I'm going to say that much. She's definitely not riding the subway where the other week yeah, I highly doubt somebody that. looked me in the eye, walked to the corner of the car, hiked her pants down, and started to make on the ground while we were in between stations and being held. She so to poop? You know, I hightailed it to the other end, so I don't know what <laughs> she made. You didn't get the whole idea. So this is Bill de Blasio's New York yeah, I we're anti Bill De Blasio, and I think this is the uniting. Is in, I, I don't even think he's force. in the city right now. I think that he is traveling. Yeah, it seems right. So this is where the Good two sides can come together, and that's something that we really want to embrace on this you know show. What? We want unity. We want middle Just ground. We want finding meaning. what we have in common. What do we have in common? We don't. Like and De I hate to say that, with the exception of Gloria Steinem. What we all have in common is hating Bill De Blasio. His campaign song should be "Come Together" right now over me, but. What over me. Together. We're over you. We're over de Blasio. All right. Thank and you guys that, so much for listening. Thank you for muddling through with us. And we'll see you never. Tune in again because we're going to keep talking at you. Brooke's not going to puke next time. I won't. Bye. Bye. All right. She's measles free.